you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with me is Kevin. We're at the house. We're together. This is weird. So <laughs> it probably sounds different, brother. Yeah, I love hearing hearing your voice through the uh, through, through the headset that we're using. This yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's, uh, I think that, you know, one of the hardest things about using the telephone is obviously once in a while you hear some junk and uh, we would hear junk once in a while from, from Brother Kevin or whoever's calling in on the phone. And so thankful that we get to be in the same room. Now, how are, t- so this is a tough one here. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all. So this is the fourth grade riddle. It's kind of tough here. How are toddlers and those who attempted to build a tower to heaven similar? They both speak babble. He got it, folks. He got it. Let me see. <laughs> let me see if I can find another noise for him. There. Yeah. There we go. So uh, we are happy. So here we are. We're in <laughs> chapter five. We're going through the book of John. We're looking at the life of Christ, and, and I mean, there's some exciting things we're going to see in those first nine verses. Uh, today, uh, verse number one through nine. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. And Kevin just aptly was talking before we got going about the Bethesda Naval Hospital, which is now the Walter Reed Medical Center at Bethesda. And uh, just a beautiful place. And, and when you think about healing, you think about Bethesda. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had not been now a long time with this case, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked on the same day of the Sabbath. Boy, we see some things right away. We're talking about this feast in Jerusalem. It's not a time that people think folks should be healing. Another thing comes to my mind. There's a sheep market there. There's a pool. Maybe the sheep drank there. Maybe, I mean, it's not good things going on. It's got these five porches or five sets of steps or egresses or degresses or whatever leading into this pool. And uh, it's known for its healing property. I mean, people are lined up there waiting to get in. I think I would be the guy. This is just me personally. I think I'd get someone to leave me in the pool, and I wouldn't come out <laughs> until the waters were in trouble. I'm like, I'm staying here. I don't care. 
Uh, but we got a God, so we don't have to worry about the pool. And this guy knew that. And so th- this whole area is just filled with people who are hurt, who are blind, who who can't get up, who can't get there. It's, it's a scene of hopelessness. It's a scene mm. of terribleness. And we know that at least one guy gets healed there, right, in these first nine verses. And so Jesus observes this man. And, and I think, in my mind, I'm seeing the most hopeless of hopeless. Here's a guy who can't roll Here's a guy who can't get up. Here's a guy who, who's saying, nobody's helped me. 38 years, they leave me down here. I can't walk, nothing. The atrophy had set in. Everything's bad. And uh, and then Jesus in his compassion, think about this, only his authority, only his uh, lordship, only his uh, omnipotence, for lack of better terms, all-powerful God can change that. And he doesn't bring him down to the pool. It's no longer about the pool. It's just this guy obeyed Jesus' command, Kevin, and I've been thinking about that. He just, you know, Jesus told him to do something, and he just did it. <laughs> There's no atrophy. There's no, and, and, you know, God completely restored. You know, as I look at these miracles, these sign miracles, and we go through the Bible, there's a couple of things that always come to my mind. God just restores folks to what their body should be like because remembering mm. that uh, possessions, hurting, uh you know, lameness, blindness, all that uh, is a, distorts what God's image is to all of us. Mm. And so what does God do? He just restores a natural body, Kevin, and he makes everything better for this guy. Yeah, so that thy youth shall be renewed like the eagles. And uh, reminds me of Naaman. It says when God healed his leprosy, he, his flesh became as a, a child, so, boy, that would be an exciting thing. Yeah, uh, I don't want to ask for leprosy to get the uh, the kid's skin again, but no, the reality of, of what you're saying is so precious in that um, God has the ability and the desire to just put things back in working order. Um, you know, every once in a while someone will say, PTSD, I mean, everything, everything's a disorder. And, uh, and I usually say, you know what, I get that. I get that it's all... The whole disorder thing is out of order with God's will. But the reality is we might as well have a out-of-order sign on us when we have post-traumatic stress because that's talking about you're not operating according to the original manufacturer's instructions. Your mind needs to be renewed. And the Bible says in Romans 12, my life first, verses 1 and 2, that uh, we can have we can be renewed. We have the renewing of the mind. And um, so God does set things back in order. And, and oftentimes, you know, just chasing again the thoughts of the mind, oftentimes the strongholds in Second Corinthians there, I think it's chapter 5, I'm not sure, saying that uh, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God needs to be cast down, and our mind uh, needs to be, and I'm trying, I can't quote it exactly, I'll look it up then, but our, our Savior has the ability to put things back in proper operating condition where we can function like a real-life human again. And I'm just so glad, Doug, that God has that plan in mind if someone's been through you know, abuse, and maybe even as a child, uh, I was talking to someone in Salt Lake City that was abused as a child um, by their grandmother all the way through their childhood that I think up to age to the well into the teens, sexually abused a male by his grandmother. Weird stuff. 
that 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 guy it because he came to Christ he now is able to get back on the the template the pattern that God made and it just shows because he's got the joy of the um, OEM uh, retrofit going on <laughs> original equipment yeah. manufacturer and uh, you know I love I Kevin was talking about his life verses a minute ago about Romans 12 1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies and live in sacrifice and folks that's where it begins right there in verse 1 you know we as we seek healing as we seek to feel better as we uh, seek to be God's servants just servant uh Man, I, I'll tell you, it begins by presenting ourselves holy and acceptable. And then what Kevin was talking about, that great verse too, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. So it, it doesn't end, Kevin, but it certainly is all there uh, by you know accepting God's word, reading it all the time, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, means study God's word, that you may prove what is good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know the will of God? Use Kevin's verses. <laughs> Give yourselves <laughs> holy and acceptable. Yeah. And, and don't get conformed to this world because the world's going to tell you. You know, I saw a book the other day that said God in man. I was in the airport, and I always look at the best-selling books and things like that. And this author had wrote this treatise where he's trying to put things together, Kevin, where God and man fit together. They don't. No. No, it's uh, because we're sinners. It's like oil and water. We're separated. Our sins are separated from, from God. Second Corinthians ten five is the verse that I was trying to think of, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. God's just like this guy that that when he finally met Jesus Christ, he went back to OEM specs, original equipment manufacturing manufacturer specs. So our mind is is the first thing that needs to be. Squ- Weird away because, you know, we have the mind of Christ. So Jesus Christ, when he comes to live inside of us, he brings a new mind. So it's not a matter of, you know, just learning to think yourself happy. It's, it's, we're talking about becoming a new creature with someone that thinks his thoughts inside of us. And as spooky and weird as that sounds, it's real that when we read the word of God, it's a living thing. And it actually, uh, like I got up this morning at 3.45 in the morning and read the Word of God. Those scriptures literally just replaced stuff that Kevin would think because I was feeling pretty rotten at 3.45, couldn't sleep. God yeah. did it. Boy, we've all been there, haven't we? And and uh, if we're not careful, you know, we will... Um we will get up at 345 and do everything but read the word of God. We'll sit around and feel bad for ourselves. And we got this great God that'll pull us out of feeling bad for ourselves. So stop it. Start feeling good for yourself. Start thinking about what Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, did for you. It changes everything. Listen, folks, we'll be right back. Hang with us, please. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
So sorry about that. I, I forgot to put the volume button up on the message for those of us who hang in there and are not listening by radio. And I, a couple points came to my mind. I dug them out of my computer from a sermon years ago as I preached my way through the book of John. And I want to talk about these with Kevin and see how they fit together. Though You know, folks, we suffer. We deal with depression. We deal with being upside down. We deal with life, mm -hmm. uh, things not necessarily going great. But, you know, in my life, I was thinking about what happened in my first 38 years of life that I, I would have missed out on growing up, graduating from school, going to college, having two children, getting married, uh, doing, I had 20 years in the army at 38 mm -hmm. years old. I, I'd been all around the world. I had seen so many things. Now take all that away from me. Take all those things that I've done in my life. And I'm the guy laying there at the pool of Bethesda. And folks, we've got a God. Don't, don't be caught laying at the pool of Bethesda. Don't be caught laying out there and letting years pass you by. And so a couple points came to my mind while I'm looking at that. Well, the first one is the power of Jesus healing. And uh, Jesus can heal a person that's all atrophied. He, he probably had pencil-thick arms and legs. People, <laughs> with their mercy, just gave whatever food they could to, the, could to the guy. I mean, his stomach probably didn't work well. You can just add it up in there. It's ugly. He's probably had to be cleaned up by someone else. And the second point that I, point that I preached on is Jesus' compassion mercy. We should see that, but you're not seeing that unless you're in the word of God. We don't see his compassion or mercy. We, we don't think about it. Sometimes the first thing that comes to our minds, Hey, did you hear about that accident on the corner? Guy lost the car, you know, lost two fingers, something I heard yesterday at Starbucks. And, and, uh, but we never think really we should be thinking, we should be focusing on the compassion and mercy just to get out of bed, just to be saved, just to have Christ as someone we can worship. And, and, and there, there was some faith and obedience by that guy laying on the ground. Uh, you know, although the man didn't get it at first, he immediately demonstrated faith and obedience. Jesus like, get up. You know, I don't know after 38 years if I went to lay there, Kevin, and said, you're crazy. I can't move. I've been here 38 years. Nobody will even put me in the pool. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm going to the garden to dig some worms. Stop it. Man. And then God's timing and sovereignty right at that moment helped him. And there's a feast going on. And, folks, we can keep going. This. We'll see in a little while about gratitude, about testimony. We'll, we'll see all that. But, Kevin, when we come along, we miss the point. If we don't look at our life in the power of Jesus and the power of his healing and his compassion and mercy and just being faithful and obedient. And in his timing, that's the hard thing, Kevin, his timing. Mm. Yes, yes, 30 and 8 years. And then Jesus showed up. Yeah. You know, just, there's a lot contained in that little phrase, 38 yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, you know, if I go back 38 years, so this is 2023 when we're recording this. And if you go back 28 years, you're talking about, you know, somewhere back in the mid nineties. And, um, you know, that's, that's a long time ago. And, uh, this man here, um, you know, he just finally met the Lord and we all have a story similar to that about salvation but, you know, you had mentioned something, Doug, that caught my attention. You had said this man, um, he could have said, I, you know, are you kidding? Rise up, rise, take up the bed and walk. I, you know, I've been laying here and uh, no one's even cared. And again, you know, how often does Jesus Christ show up? And one of the first things that, that, that require faith is to stop, considering all of the things that shout against faith. 
oh, I got all these people that, you know, just made life so miserable. I, you know, I've talked, Doug, I've talked to people. I was out uh, knocking on some doors Sunday, Saturday morning, this past Saturday morning, and um, going door to door. You know, just every once in a while, you find people that they cannot get past. And you're sharing the good news with them, the best thing in the world, that Jesus Christ saves sinners, will take you to heaven when you die, and make your life worth living now. You know, and you share those scriptures, and they're like, yeah, but man, I've been done so wrong. Yeah, I've got, you know, I've had so many bad breaks. I haven't had any good breaks. And they are stuck on that. And because they're stuck, they're not able to lift up their eyes. It's kind of like the Pilgrim's Progress, you know, the muckraker. There's a, there's a chapter there where they go to the muckraker's house. And the muckraker is standing there. There's an angel above him in the in the analogy. And, and the angel is trying to put a crown of gold in his head. And the muckraker is raking mud, saying, oh, my, the ground is so filthy. It is so yucky, mucky. And, you know, we would just say that's an attitude problem. Yeah, but it's... It's also a faith problem because you're ignoring the reality that God has said something and offered something. And just like the guy by the pool of Bethesda, which means house of mercy, he had to say, you know what? There's, there's got to be something better than this mercy that I'm getting from my buddies. And, uh, and sure enough, Jesus showed up and he said, that's the real deal. Yeah, you know, I can't help it. I know it's hard to draw a comparison here, but in my mind, I go back to the book of Job and his friends coming up and lecturing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know this is different, but it's the same. And I know you're going to say things that are different, not the same as what some of you are thinking right now. But, you know, here comes his friends. Here's a guy sitting on the ground. I mean, he's in a sackcloth. He's shaved his head. There's ashes involved. He's in total depression. And his friends are coming up telling him what a loser he is. So I, I thought about he Now, one comes along and kind of the precursor of God. I get that number four. We got the shortest guy in the Bible, the shoe height. There's a lot of knuckleheads. And, and, and you know what I found with Job? As people were knuckleheads to Job, Job Job was knucklehead headed back to these guys, if there's such <laughs> terms like that. So I'm thinking about this guy. 38 years is a long time. I mean, there's no indication so far in, in what we've read today, you know, how long he had been at that pool. But somewhere along the way, somebody mm. made this statement. You know, if you get onto this pool yeah. and you're in the first one in the water after it's troubled, you can get healed. Now, to somebody who spent decades and laying on the ground whose life's upside down, man, you want to get to that pool. And uh, he probably brought family with him at first. I'm thinking in my head, I hate adding to this, but, you know, there's probably friends at first that hang with you, but somebody always beats you. There's always someone else running around feeling better. And uh, in the midst of all that, you know, this guy gets healed. And I think about our lives. And folks, not necessarily the same way. I get it. We're not laying down at a porch by a pool, trying to roll in as quick as we can when the waters get troubled. But there are so many of us that are laying down right now. And maybe it's the recliner. Maybe it's the couch. Maybe it's life. I don't know, Kevin, but there's so many people that have just given up. And, uh, and, and I'm so thankful when people say, Hey, let's go see Jesus. You know, let's go to church. Let's talk about what the Bible says. Kevin Appley talked about how you go knock on doors and, and everybody's got an excuse, you know, whether they get saved or they don't get saved there, there, there's a reason for it, you know, but I do know this. If we, as a people, practically us, Kevin, you, me, all of us, if we would stop a lot of our, um, I don't know, figuratively laying on the ground. Mm -hmm. And we would just get up and serve God. 
if we would stop worrying about things from day to day and start focusing on God, it, it is true, Kevin, the things of this world grow strangely dim. Isn't that how the hymn there says? Yeah. In the light of his glory or wondrous grace. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, our Savior came uh, to a guy who was um, waiting in vain. You know, there's a lot of people that say, someday my ship will come in. Someday my prince will come. And it, it just doesn't come. There's a lot of people that live and die that way. And there's a depression. There's a mental clutter that comes from that, that, that way of thinking. I know people that go from... Network marketing to network marketing, you know, from one business to another of, you know, this has to work out. But just like this guy here, it, someone else just gets there ahead of them. And, you know, someone says, well, man, I hear about a great opportunity. There's this new business. And and, and oftentimes that's that's true. It worked out good for, for the early on people for those that join early and there's nothing wrong with joining something like that but you have to be wise about it so many people um they hear about it and it's become it's become unrealistic so yeah don't don't keep waiting get get with jesus now get with jesus somebody go get jesus we love you folks remember september 11th through 15th camp joy christian camp whitewater wisconsin wounded spirits conference come on out join us we want you there we can't wait to see you Wear that smile that only god can give you today thanks thank you for listening to our broadcast at help for wounded spirits we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.